Welcome to episode 97 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston. Welcome back uh, to another episode. I am back this week. I had, um, I wouldn't say it was quite a relaxing vacation because I was, you know, in that, what they call the happiest place on earth with a three-year-old who was not always the happiest person in the happiest place on earth. But it was a good change of routine. And I heard Todd talk about that he was so sad that I wasn't there last week. And I did listen to the episode and it was a great episode and great conversation. So I'm glad to be back and not missing out on the conversations this week. (laughs) We're glad to have you back. Great. Safe and sound. Oh, good. Um, so I did want to share when I, uh, was coming back from vacation, I hurried and jumped on a offer that another, um, online provider had for some CEUs for in the area of telepractice, which still sometimes can be few and far between. So when I see Mm -hmm. those, I like to grab them and just wanted to share, um, one of the tips and then some others that I found, uh, for telepractice using Chrome extensions. There are so many, so many Chrome extensions out there and they just are, um, things that you can add to your browser and they are right, you know, at the top of your bar on your, a Chrome browser and they're really easy to use. But one of the ones that actually solved a problem I was having uh, that I wanted to give everyone tips on how to zoom into things on their screen, but wasn't sure how to do it on both a Mac and a PC. Um, But there is a Chrome extension called a magnifying glass and it just pops up as this little circle that um, magnifies one part of the screen. So uh, it is great to use with, I love using it with the David Sindri um, boom cards because he has great illustrations, so much detail, and sometimes it's hard for my kids to see all of it. I want them to see all of the cool things that are going on. So you can use that to highlight the specific card you're using or highlight some of the pictures and things happening in the pictures with that. Um, And then I went looking for some other ones. So there's lots of people that have great blogs that they've written about different Chrome extensions. Um, Some other ones that I saw other than the magnifying glass was a custom cursor where you can have it be like a hand pointing if you're Mm -hmm. helping them, wanting them to follow along with reading or just highlighting certain things. I think that would also be helpful if you're doing um, tele evaluations and you need something mm-hmm. for maybe like the self to make sure that they're pointing out the things during the directions. You could use that cursor and then give the um, screen control over to help you do that. So that'd be a great way. Another one I heard of is Kami, K-A-M-I, and it was for a digital annotation extension. So you can take anything, mm-hmm. a PDF, anything that you're looking at, and it lets you um write on it, draw on it, type on it, uh, all all in that browser. uh, So you're not having to pull it into other things, which I like because I really like to pull up PDFs in my browser because then I can switch between that PDF and like another page or, um, you know, being able to switch things and just share the screen of my browser is much easier for me. So, but I, then I miss that annotation part of it when you're not in the actual, you know, like Adobe PDF um, browser or 
application. So that's another thing that you could use that can pull that in. And there's there's so many more. Those are just ones that were interesting to me. But uh, think about that. Think about using those Chrome extensions as a really easy way to integrate um, some seamless uh, technology into the browser that you're already sharing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I've not even thought about that. You know, I have, you know, like PDF converter, you know, mm-hmm. you know, strange, like, you know, just simple things like that. But I need to look up some of these others because they're, they're, the thing is, they're adding new extensions all the time. Right. And if you're not checking in, you might be missing something. So those are yeah. great suggestions. Yeah, I liked all of those. Those were awesome. Well, on the podcast today, we have Emily Smith. And you may know Emily. She is uh, an SLP. She is also the founder and CEO of Teleteachers. And so she's going to talk about her her background and her experiences uh, founding two companies, but now what she's doing with uh, Teleteachers and, and what she has in planned for that. So I'm glad she was able to join us. Hi, are you creative? Do you want to give a webinar or teach a course? Maybe you're a writer. Do you want to create a blog? Maybe you have an idea for a podcast. Whatever your passion is, we at 3C Digital Media Network want you to be a content creator so we can bring your ideas to life. So, to get started, visit our website at 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com and sign up to be a content creator. We look forward to seeing your passions come to life on our platform. So Emily, welcome to the podcast. Can you share more about your background? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here with you both. Um, And yeah, my background. So first and foremost, I'm uh, a speech language pathologist by background. I am the proud daughter of a special education teacher turned director of special education. So um, it was certainly in my path to become a school-based speech pathologist. Um, I am the founder and CEO of Teleteachers, which we're a growth stage technology company providing remote teachers and therapists into schools and organizations through our online platform. Um, it's not my first rodeo in the mm-hmm. ed tech space as I, um, also started a teletherapy company, um, back in 2014 when I was 25 and had fresh, uh, eyes and no idea what I was doing. Uh, <laughs> so that was kind of my, my entry into this world, all things telepractice. Wonderful. So, so the, you got into, uh, speech language pathology from the influence from your, your mom and she say, don't be a teacher, do this instead, or, or something like that. (laughs) We love our teachers though. We do love teachers. Well, and, and, you know, being, being the founder of teleteachers, I'm, I'm like Mm -hmm. a teacher's corner, 110%, but um, yeah. So she, I think she knew that I needed um, a lot of flexibility in my life. I, love um, creating and doing something different every day. And there were just more opportunities for that in the field of speech language pathology. So, you know, seeing that there were diverse 
environments in which I could work. I could work for a school or go out on my own. I think she kind of <laughs> saw my okay. personality and tried to push me in that direction, but yet still, you know, working really closely with, with the students. And, and certainly speech pathology does that. It does allow you the, the flexibility to go in a lot of different directions, which absolutely, yeah. And, and which you, you, where did the uh, telepractice bug sort of factor in? It was, um, it was written in the stars. That's all I'm, you know, <laughs> I don't know how to better explain it than that. But um, I was uh, working in rural Missouri, right out of grad school. I actually, my mom actually gave me my first job mm-hmm. working in her cooperative. Um, and mm-hmm. I was an early childhood itinerant speech language pathologist across four counties mm-hmm. um, in a critically underserved area of our country. Uh, so I was driving, uh, three and four hours a day to get to all of my kiddos. And at that time, an American family living in Thailand reached out to me on Facebook. Um, they had been referred to me via one of my friends and they said, we've got a little, our little girls going into preschool Nobody understands what she's saying. And there are no speech language pathologists over here in Thailand. And if there are, we can't Mm -hmm. find them. So um, I had no idea what I was doing. You know, in grad school, we passed over telepractice with, you know, kind of the blanket statement that won't work. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know that. This weird idea that some people have. So I, you know, I Googled like how to video conference and sent them an invitation. I think we used WebEx mm-hmm. back in the day before Zoom. Um, and I got up at five o'clock in the morning to see them mm-hmm. in the evening, their time, opened my mm-hmm. computer. I heard this little girl talk and I'm like, oh my goodness, I know what's wrong. I know how to fix it. <laughs> Um, let me help you guys. And within a few sessions, she, I mean, she, her K's and G's were sounding amazing. Uh, Mm -hmm. She just needed that little push that I was able to give her. And so immediately, just immediately I was hooked on that model and on the ability to have an impact on a family, you know, around the world. Um, you know, not even anywhere close to where I was. So that was really my first entrance into teletherapy and it totally, completely changed my life. Uh, Obviously it did. Wow. (laughs) And so from there, did you, did you do some uh, experimenting with the families you were serving uh, in Missouri? I did. Yes. So I brought that model back into the cooperative where I was working. Mm-hmm. So in Missouri, they have a model that allows teachers um, to provide uh, essentially therapy under the supervision of a speech language pathologist because of the critical shortage. Mm-hmm. And so I was supervising um, a handful of speech implementers. And I would now have the capability to zoom in to. Um, mm-hmm you know, provide feedback to them, support to them, and also direct intervention to the kids. So um, that was one of the ways that I started implementing it within my practice. But also, um, you know, I 
wanted to bring this into, into schools that were, had the same need that, that I was experiencing. So that's when my journey to starting (laughs) my first company in this space Mm -hmm. began with like hitting the phones, cold call after cold call, um, essentially pitching my services, uh, via telepractice to schools. Um, yeah. Talk about rejection. (laughs) (laughs) What? There's a crazy person on the phone thinking she can <laughs> teach our students through the computer. Who wants to talk to her today? We should have all, like all of us, you know, I, and I thought I was an early adopter until I started looking into this more and saw that there were virtual schools being created in the nineties. And, you know, mm-hmm. it was, but what if we would have all written down our experiences and like a shared, a shared notebook, we would have a lot to to talk about for sure (laughs) yep yep and so kim has done some early intervention uh going into the homes versus uh and i did some kim and i worked together at utah state university and she was uh did her her master's there and i was on faculty and i went out to a few um during those days of early intervention that i was in charge of and then we started doing some telepractice. But you have since, Kim has has gone on to do more early intervention and now has done, you know, full-time um, contracting with schools. But that transition, um, what transitions did you see in terms of the parents in, in doing early intervention versus the in-person? Was, was there any uh, pushback or did the parent, how did you convince them when, when you first started? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the beauty of this model is that it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And that's really how mm-hmm. I first started. Um, so I would go into the homes, but then I would also support the Atella practice. So it was almost like they were getting the both the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. And then um, one of the first schools that said yes to me delivering services online was uh the largest rural school district in the country out of Alaska. And they, so they said, you know, we don't, uh, we don't want, uh, we don't want online, but we're desperate for people. So if you come up Mm -hmm. here and deliver services on site in um, the, the village schools, then we will see if the teachers want uh, support via telepractice when you went, when, when you go back home to the lower 48. So that was one of the best experiences of my life. And again, I think it's all about building solid relationships and for everyone was familiar with this way of um, online therapy, it was a really good entry point to be able to go into those schools, to learn about the school communities and the cultures, Mm -hmm. and then um, add in telepractice. So, yeah, I think, you know, I I think that that was really something that helped me um, frame how I wanted to implement this within my practice. So it's it's building the rapport with the other professionals first, in a sense, so that they get to know you and, and you're not just the person on the computer. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and now it doesn't have to be that way. And I think mm-hmm. people are, um, you know, much more familiar with this and now. Um, 
But back in the day, that was certainly something that helped me get my start and helped Mm -hmm. build some momentum around and excitement around this within schools. Sure. So are you still seeing um, pushback or resistance or maybe even more so once we were all forced to jump into teletherapy? Are you seeing that on the part of professionals or from schools? Not so much. Um, You know, I think the more that we can shape the narrative around um, the last two years being emergency learning. um, I like that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Emergency remote learning. Uh, This was not quality telepractice. This was delivering services online during a pandemic with so many external factors that we could not control. Um, So I think people are ready for, um, you know, support in this model. Maybe they had a great experience and they're ready to, schools are ready to look at this um, and how they can complement their on-site teams, or maybe they've had a really bad experience. And, you know, that's when I think we just level set and bring some levity into what the last two years were. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I've started to see things expanding and getting bigger too. I know my sister, um, is a educator and in middle school and high school level, and she chose to teach online during the pandemic. And then her school ended up opening a permanent online, uh, option for all of their students. And she's doing that now too. And a lot of the things that I find that I like about it, you know, the flexibility, she has young kids, I have young kids, uh, the, you know, being able to adjust schedules or work, um, you know, do paperwork and do grading and things at those times where it works for you that I think those are all things that she's seen as a benefit with it too. So I feel like sometimes we get, we forget about teachers being part of that too. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's such an opportunity to elevate the profession. Mm-hmm. We've, we've needed a breath of fresh air and, um, you know, more flexibility in our roles, not only as therapists, but teachers as well. And to think about what this may open up in the talent pipeline now that, you know, um, I, so I had a, a couple of team members who actually, they posted on Slack the other day, they were both in Dublin, Ireland, uh, for St. Patrick's day. And they just, (laughs) ran into each other um, <laughs> at an Irish club on St. Patrick's day. And they both wow. work for teleteachers. <laughs> so that's crazy. But how cool is this that we're, mm-hmm. you know, crisis always crisis is hard, but it always brings about change. And it's just, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I so appreciate you all leading the narrative around um, how this can be a, a really good change for not only our kids and our students, but our teachers and therapists as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so I wanted to ask him, because, you know, with as SLPs, we know in terms of the licensure, we can't go across state lines unless you are licensed and all that sure. stuff. Do you run into the same kinds of things if they are teachers? Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, Every one of our uh, providers is licensed where they live and where the students are. 
um, at the beginning of the, well, in anticipation of an upcoming school year, we'll usually cross license in multiple states just so that we're prepared um, and prepared and nimble to be able to meet the need wherever they might be. So yeah, on the teacher side of things, um, yeah, we think that speech language pathology licensing from state to state is hard. <laughs> Teachers are Teachers yeah. I've done it. I've done it too. I have an educator's license in multiple states too. And one of them, um, I think uh, they just did away with this, but they required you not just to have um, continuing education credits, but you had to have actual college credits to re-license. Um, and I was like, I don't even know how to do that. And one of my friends said, oh, they don't even care what it's in. I've taken like, not really, but facetiously take an underwater basket weaving and it doesn't matter. <laughs> they just want you to have three credits, college credits every um, time period. But yes, it's, it's a whole other ball game. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that I'm not the person on my team handling credentials. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we, we hire for that, right? We hire yeah. someone to take care of that. <laughs> Absolutely. Someone much more organized <laughs> than myself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can imagine that's just, uh, could be just an overwhelming thing of, you know, trying to keep, keep up and keep track of, of all of that for each, each provider. Absolutely. So my hat is off to you. So I wanted to, so you've talked about uh, being a speech language pathologist, your inf- the influence of your mother, but where did this business acumen come from? Where, where did this, you, you said you're creative, you want to create things, but that's one thing I like to create things too, but it's, um, like finger puppets and things like that. Um, so you, you're creating companies. Uh, so how, how did that come about? Well, first of all, finger puppets are very cool. (laughs) Don't sell yourself short. Um, well, I'm wildly competitive, (laughs) just very much, um, have always been, have always wanted to, Um, just try something um, and be really bad at it until I'm really good at it. Um, And Mm -hmm. oftentimes it's a struggle. I don't know. um, You know, now that I'm saying that out loud, it sounds, it it doesn't sound like the the best thing in the world, Mm -hmm. best quality, but um, you know, my grandfather is my motivation. Uh, He's 87 years old now. He's an entrepreneur. Um, started as a farmer. His family farmed 23,000 acres in Southwest Kansas. And he started from nothing. Um, he, he had absolutely nothing. And he had a, he built, um, built a construction company and now he has a swimming pool company. And last time I visited him in Southwest Kansas, he was at an expo selling swimming pools. (laughs) And, um, you know, that's my motivation. You've Mm got to be passionate about what you do and passionate about working. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to go into what Kim Kardashian just said about everybody needs to be working, but you know, I think there's, um, you know, I think that there is, uh, just value in, in working hard and trying to create something that doesn't exist. And that's just exhilarating for me. Mm-hmm. Um, within teleteachers. So I started teleteachers with a sole focus on technology, actually. So of which I'm a non-technical founder, <laughs> um, but seeing how online therapy uh, had 
very rapidly scaled um, in my first company in mm. order to just continue with that growth and to be able to meet the demand across the country. We needed to facilitate that via a really um, effective and easy to use platform. And so that was a new learning for me. So I started mm-hmm. Teleteachers wanting it to be a technology company and not really knowing what our technology play would be. Um, so I think the entrepreneurial side just comes from curiosity and passion um, and knowing that there, there will always be a better way to serve our, our students and we're out to find it. And there will always be a better way to create really great working environments for teachers and therapists. And that's just super exciting to me. And so we, being on the podcast, we, we've had we've had several different uh, individuals related who who are connected to different companies and platforms. Who and we've asked them this basically the same question: What makes the teleteacher platform different and more valuable to that teacher or clinician than some of the others that are out there? Sure, absolutely. And Sell I me an- on it. <laughs> okay, um, so I have an appreciation for you know, any technology that someone is building within this space. I mean, they've Mm -hmm. identified something that they want to go after that they believe is a differentiator and it makes us all better. So um, before I uh, jump into why ours is the best, um, just wanted to, you know, kind of lay that foundation. Sure. Um, So working within schools, well, first of all, um, with teleteachers, I had seen a a lot of companies offering related services and teletherapy, but nobody was really offering full scale um, special education services. So anything that a special education team would need delivered remotely, whether that's special education teachers or very specialized instructor instructors, such as mm-hmm. teachers um, uh, for our kids uh, who are deaf or hard of hearing, visually impaired. So mm-hmm. the vision of teleteachers is to be that full scale provider. Now, when we look at the technology, we know from working in schools that there's already a lot of technology going on. Mm-hmm. So we've got the IEP system, we've got the student information system, um, the content and resources that a provider might use, as well as the Medicaid billing system. And what I really considered was that there was a gap in between all of those that um, was the need was to manage and document our student progress. And there are different Mm -hmm. ways to do this. But what I'd seen is that most teachers um, and therapists are collecting data you know, on a sticky note or in a Google doc and that data is not being shared. (laughs) Here's my sticky notes. I still do it. I transfer it to electronically, but sometimes that's the easiest thing to do, but yes, yes. Or not taking it at all. If we're really honest, you know, kind of like intuitively thinking like, Oh, I think this kid's doing this now and, and just doing it that way. Right. And, and that is, you know, I, like, I love sticky notes as well. And, (laughs) but the teachers and therapists are, our caseloads are too high. We can't do it all. 
and we're expected to, and, you know, then we've got the burden of compliance on our shoulders as well. So what we're doing within our teleteachers platform is integrating with all of those systems. So we, we integrate with the IEP system. We bring goals into our platform. We allow the provider to manage their calendar and deliver services um, either online or in person, and it accommodates for both. So it is a platform for delivering um, those telesessions as well. And it allows the provider to document in real time. So as they're having their session, their goals are there. It was built to accommodate for individual and group therapy because we know that we don't see kids one-on-one. So really, we're just working to make the job of the educator and the therapist easier and to bring all of those pieces together. So the vision is when um, a provider is using our platform, it's their one place where they have access to the goals, to progress tracking, to collaborating with the IEP team, all within the platform. And then if if that student is eligible for Medicaid, it uh, automatically sends that off to Medicaid to be um, uh, billed. So that's that's what we're doing. <laughs> well, that's that's incredible. I mean, that's that's a lot to keep up with. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, you've like just described the source of like 90% of my headaches <laughs> in working in schools, integrating all of those things together. It's, it's a big job and it's not going to be mm-hmm. accomplished, you know, in one year, in two years, but we're, we're making progress. We're um, getting beta users onto our platform now. And there's, you know, there are steps where some, some districts aren't ready for all of that integration and, and that big um, adoption of a new platform. So we do have, you know, steps in between, you know, this, this big integrated solution um, and more so leaning towards a platform for, that enables telepractice and note-taking at the same time. So we're trying to just really learn as much as we can about our users right now and how they adopt new technology and provide um, flexibility for what that looks like as we transition into, you know, this future of education, which we hope some of these tech tools can make the job, um, make our jobs easier. For sure. Well, it's, it's very impressive. I mean, I, and I think you, you've, uh, won the war. Thank uh, you. I think, uh, I think, I think teleteacher sounds much more integrative in, in terms of all the different components than than some other platforms that may have really good one or two components, but not everything that you've described. It's a heavy lift. Like I said, we're not there yet, but we're making great progress. And, you know, I appreciate that. And we've, you know, the proudest uh, I am is um, the reason I'm, I'm proud of what we're doing is because of the team, um, you know, that has come under the teleteachers umbrella, really aligned behind this vision. Um, mm-hmm of, of services and technology to support our students and youth. So, um, yeah, I, my team's awesome. All credit to them. And, and, and how, do you mind if I ask, how big is the company now? Is it, I know you're, you're adding people and. 
growing? Absolutely. Yeah, we're growing really quickly. So we've we've got over 50 providers, um, teleteachers providers on our platform. We've got an internal team of about 15 and a big development team of over 20 developers. So wow. we're, um, yeah, we're, we're chugging right along. Sounds great. Well, Emily, I hate to say it, but now it's time for the real reason we invited you on. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Should I be nervous? I'm nervous. Sure. Be nervous. Um, no, (laughs) so we call this our moment of Zen where we, um, ask our, our guests some questions just to get to know you a little bit better. Oh, fun. Okay. And I, I have three lists of questions, A, B, and C. So you can you can choose which list you want, A, B, or C. A. Okay. So, and you can answer these any way you want. Short answer, okay. long answer, whatever you want. Okay. What's the most used app on your phone? Ooh, calm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. Being the CEO and founder of a company and... Building everything calm. And you need some zen. <laughs> getting some zen, some mindfulness. Um, what was the last TV show or movie you streamed? Ooh, I don't have the attention span to watch movies. Um, <laughs> oh, the the Tinder swindler on Netflix. Oh, about the yes, 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 yes. One. It was really good. <laughs> Jim, I started the dropout. So that one's so good too. Oh, it's so good. No, it's about um the oh now I forgot her Emily Holmes. Is that what it was? Elizabeth Holmes, I think. Elizabeth She's the Holmes. one who tried Ooh. to develop the the blood technology. The blood technology a, a fictional yeah. show about her on um Netflix or Hulu, and it's Hulu. really, really good. <laughs> Yeah, it's really well done. But she kind of reminds me of you in a sense that she, oh. she was not not <laughs> the go get him. No, no, no. I know what he means. Mm. It's the it's the I'm really competitive. I just go right. for what I'm getting. But you did it in all the right ways. She you did, did it in the right all ways. the she wrong had, ways. She did it the wrong ways. <laughs> She's in prison or going to prison. So uh, don't you're be, not. Don't be like her. Yeah. yeah, don't be like her. Be like Emily. Okay. Um, what's a favorite book? Ooh, okay. I have to plug Barbara Fernandez here. Um, you guys have had on the show. Did she? uh, So her book, Sis, You Got This, from Mm -hmm. uh, Surviving to Thriving as a Minority SLP. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Amazing. Um, Her story, it took me a long time to read that book. I'm not all the way Mm -hmm. through it because it was so real and raw and inspiring. And, um, so I'm going to say that I'm going to, I'm going to go with that one for sure. That's, hands down. That's a yes, great uh, ad because she's coming back on to talk about that book in a couple of weeks. So yeah. thanks for that. It is, yeah. so, it is life changing and she's mm-hmm. just, amazing, so I she, can't wait. She is amazing. I've, I've known her for quite a long time and just in different things that she's been doing and I've helped her with, but yeah, she's been on the show. She's a friend of the show, so to speak. And we're, we will have her on in just a couple of weeks. So, yeah. Um, next question is, if you could invent or create one law or behavior that everyone had to do, what would it be? Ooh, that's, that's a good one. 
Um, I would say that a behavior that you had to wait before you could respond to something <laughs> or react to something. Um, I don't know. There's just been so many times in my life. I'm like, oh, I should have given that a few seconds. Like that was not <laughs> an appropriate response. And I think we all share that. Oh yeah. So maybe that. Especially before posting on social media. <laughs> Definitely that. <laughs> wait. You know, maybe see if this is actually true before you do it. No. Um, next question. Who would you like to have dinner with, dead or alive? Mm. This is really good. I don't know. I'm just, I'm going to go with one of my dear friends. Um, he's alive. <laughs> Thank God he's alive. But um, so I would say, so Dr. Bob Pasternak has been so instrumental Mm -hmm. in my life. Um, I'm not sure if you all are familiar with him. I I know of him. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He was the assistant secretary of education under Mm -hmm. George W. Um, And um, I've never met anybody more passionate about uh, uh, serving students with disabilities um, plus, he's just a really great human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've done a lot of work together. We've had a lot of fun um, mm-hmm. in that work. And anytime I, I, he's probably top of mind because we were just talking about like, what's our next thing that that we're going to, what's our next project? What's our next um, initiative that we can be thinking about for advancing, um, you know, advancing opportunities for people, people with, with uh, disabilities. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, yep. That's final answer. Yeah. That's a, that's a great answer. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Um, what's the scariest thing you've ever done and you can define scary any way you want. Mm. Scariest thing I've ever done. Probably, probably leaving my first company, actually. Um, it was my identity. Um, and, mm-hmm. and uh, like I said, I started that company when I was 25. And it was a wild ride for four years. And um, I poured a lot into it. But at the end of the day, the right decision was for me um, to, uh, exit that company. And I'm mm-hmm. uh, so glad that I did and started teleteachers, but, um, it was scary. It was scary. Mm-hmm. I think it's scary for anybody to leave a job that they love, um, and, um, not knowing what's ahead. So that was one of the scariest things that I ever did. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's getting up to that, that, uh, that ledge and jumping off when you know you don't know exactly what's what's going to catch you uh, right. but you had the experience so teleteachers was born so that's great absolutely um what's oh, excuse me where is the most exotic or farthest place you've been mm. Amman Jordan Ooh. yeah nice nice so I went over there with um uh, the world refugees school, um, Mm -hmm. to, uh, to gain exposure to, um, some of the refugee camps and to see if there was any way, um, to support the mental health of our refugee children. And it was, that was, that was life-changing. Um, 
and what a wonderful organization. If, if you don't know, if, if your audience doesn't know about World Refugees School, definitely look them up, follow them, support them. They're working to um, educate youth who are living in refugee camps. And unfortunately, we're seeing more refugees as we speak. Yeah, absolutely. Because of the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, if you didn't choose your current profession, what would you like to try? I want to work at Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> What's the happiest place on earth? Forget Disney World. <laughs> oh, I go every, yes. every Sunday and I just dream about putting on one of those floral shirts and just like living my best life. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. I would, yeah, I would love, you know, Trader Joe's sounds pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, step yeah. up from, from Walmart. You know, that's, I used to think you know, I could just be a Walmart greeter if I couldn't get a job in academia. <laughs> I mean, that would be fun too, but everybody at Trader Joe's is happy. But yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like how the Apple Genius Bar used to be, you know, <laughs> back in the day. Right. You walk in and then they're like, it's like a, a different world. Yep. But you can't buy hummus at the Apple Genius Bar. You cannot buy really good hummus and lots of other tasty things either. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, ooh, what's a pet peeve that you have? Mm. When people are walking slow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think walking slow when it's, when you should like, of course, there's always a time to stroll, sure. always time to stroll, but like, let's pick up that pace. If we're, if we're moving from point A to point B and have nothing to see. Right. If you're in the airport and people are trying to get places, just don't stand yep. in the middle or dawdle. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that drives me nuts too. Get to um, move folks. Exactly. Uh, last question. Uh, if heaven exists, what would you want to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Ooh, I'm proud of you. Good, good. Where, well, Emily, we're very proud of you, and we we really appreciate your time on the podcast. How can people reach out to you if they have questions for you or want to learn more about teleteachers? Well, thank you so much for having me on and thank you for advocating for telepractice, for creating this platform, for sharing stories. It's, it's really wonderful. And I just, I'm so honored to be here. People can reach me. My email is um, emily at teleteachers.com. Always am open to conversation and meeting and networking. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Emily uh, Smith. Teleteachers. I'm not sure what my handle is there or on Twitter. Um, Emily Smith, CEO. I'm uh, and also at Instagram, my CEO story. There's lots of baby pictures on there, like fair warning. But um, and we also launched internally. We're we're um, nowhere near where you guys are, but we launched last week a, a podcast called Online and Inspired, um, mm-hmm. which is um, just looking to amplify the stories of, of um, providers delivering services online. So um, that's fun, fun project as well. Awesome. Well, do come back in the future and give us an update on how things are going. Absolutely. I'm so excited that you asked me on so honored. Thank you so much. Thank you. I want to thank Emily for joining us again on the podcast. 
please go check out Teleteachers. It may be an opportunity for you if you're looking to get into this telepractice space or to maybe pursue something new for yourself. So go check them out. And I also want to mention that the deadline for the call for papers for ASHA, the American Speech-Language Hearing Association, is coming up on April 6th. So just another couple weeks or so, we need to get those uh, the call for papers submitted. So if you have a telepractice-related idea that you want to present at ASHA, please submit as quickly as you can. But the deadline is coming up on April the 6th. And with that, thank you for joining us. Please leave us a five-star review. That always helps to attract new listeners and new subscribers. Until next week, be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network.